Matthew chapter 24. I pray this morning that some sinner would come and be saved on the terms of the gospel. And uh, but I got up this morning and uh, just by the Lord, as soon as I woke up, Matthew chapter 24 came to my mind. And so I feel like the Lord would have me preach from that this morning. If you're able to stand with us, Matthew chapter 24. I want to read a few selective verses from this uh, chapter. Uh, of course, there's 51 verses, and so we're not going to read those 51 verses. But I want you to see something this morning that I feel like the Lord would have us to preach on. Look at verse number 27, Matthew chapter 24. The Bible says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then look at verse number 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then look at verse number 39. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then look at verse number 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Look at verse number 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth cometh. Verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray this morning that you'd give us liberty and vocabulary. I want to thank you for the liberty, the singing, the testifying, the offering. Lord, everything, your people this morning and sinners that are here that need to be saved. Lord, we're so thankful to be in this place this morning. We're so unworthy for us to be here this morning. God, help us not to take one moment for granted in your house and with your word. And I pray the Spirit of God would save the lost and reclaim the backslid. Open the eyes of those sleepy saints this morning. And we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on this subject on the second coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 24 deals with several things, but it centers around that very thought this morning that Jesus is coming again. We know that he's coming in the raptures. The Bible said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 20, for our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior who shall change our vile body that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue you all things unto himself. We are looking for Jesus to come. Isn't that right? We know that he's coming in the rapture. First John chapter 14 and verse number 1. Our Savior said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whither you go, uh, you know. And the way you know and Thomas saith unto him Lord we know not whither thou goest and how can we know the way Jesus saith unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me I believe he's coming don't you and I believe he's coming in the rapture amen First Thessalonians 4 and verse 13 could happen at any moment uh, uh, Paul said but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again 
and I do, don't you? Uh, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, Paul believed he was going to be living when Jesus come. He said, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. And he said wherefore comfort one another with these words. So we know he's coming in the rapture but he's also coming in the revelation. Amen. After the rapture takes place we're headed to the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 10. The Bible said for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive the things done in this body according to which we he hath done whether it be good or whether it be evil. Amen. Or be bad the Bible says. And so we're headed to the judgment seat. The church every spot's going to be gone. Every wrinkle's going to be ironed out. And the church the bride of Christ is going to be arrayed in all of her splendor and all of her glory. Amen. But while we're at the judgment seat then we know that there's going to be tribulation here on earth and it brings us to Matthew chapter 24 and we want to think about this great sermon that Jesus preached here that centers around the second coming of Christ because the church is going to be gone Israel is going to be going through the tribulation period but my friend there is a promise and there is a hope that's Revelation 1 and verse number 7 where John said behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. There's the promise of his coming. Jesus is coming back to this earth in the second coming of my free of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? If somebody's got a brand new, and I emphasize brand new handkerchief, I'll trade you for one tonight. Amen. If you don't, y'all looking at me like a bunch of Presbyterians. If you don't, now I don't want one that's been washed, all right? Because I don't know how washed it might be. You got one back there? Bring it up here, Brother Thomas. Amen. Hallelujah. I might need it. I just feel, I just feel like I might anyway. Already sweating. Amen. You ain't got no snuff in there, do you? All right. It's coming to a pulpit. Man, that's a hanky, brother. All right. That's got two hours of preaching it. You know that? All right, here we go. Y'all stay with me. Don't die. Just Maybe some of you just woke up. Amen. I'm talking about uh, the rapture, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, he is coming. Amen. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and verse number 1. Uh, Paul said, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, that's in this chapter here, uh, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Amen. But ye brethren, that's the church. Amen. You're not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. We're all the children of light and children of the day. We're not of the night nor the darkness. Amen. Amen and amen. He said therefore let us not sleep as do others but let us watch and be sober for they that sleep in the night they that sleep sleep in the night and they that are drunken are drunken in the night but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith 
faith and hope and for a helmet of salvation. Why? For God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him. I'm telling you we got a hope that's beyond this world. Amen. And while the Jew is looking for signs we the church of the living God we need to be listening for sounds of the sound of the trumpet my friend it may come at any moment hallelujah you realize there's people in this building not ready this morning people in this building that's not saved this morning. And when I think about that, our Savior preaches here. He gives this sermon. And I want you to notice the content of Christ's sermon. In the first 26 verses, uh, he begins and opens up Matthew chapter 24. Uh, My friend with his uh, remarks concerning the temple destruction. Notice the pride of them in verse 1. As Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Amen. Uh, Listen, their pride was in their temple. Uh, They, listen, their synagogue, uh, uh, they thought it to be something. But Jesus gives a prophecy in verse number two. And Jesus said, see ye not all these things. Uh, Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one here, one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Uh, It's going to be destroyed. And it was destroyed. Uh, And then the perplexity, notice uh, in verse number three, they asked three great questions here. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? I'm going to tell you the Jews wanted to know what the end is going to be like. I'm telling you, we're getting closer to the end, friend. You need to make sure that you're ready. And Jesus gives some remarks here concerning the destruction of that temple. But now he's going to give some remarks concerning the destruction and the devastation of the tribulation period. Notice what he said in verse number four and five, that it would be a time of apostasy. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Hey, the tribulation period is going to be a time of apostasy. And friend, apostasy is already on the rise in our day. There's apostates right now, and people might my friend will drive across town uh, to be told a lie, but they won't walk across the street uh, to hear the truth. Uh, they turn their ears away from the truth, uh, and they've been turned unto fables. Uh, it's the signs of the time. Uh, my friend, it'll be a time of apostasy. Amen. It'll be a time of anarchy. Look at verse number six. The Bible said you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nations shall rise against nation. Doesn't that sound familiar? And kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It's going to be a time of apostasy. It's going to be a time of anarchy. It's going to be a time of affliction. Look at verse 9. Then shall they deliver up to you to be afflicted and shall kill you. Talking about the Jews. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. I'm talking about those times of affliction. Anti-Semitism is going to be at an all-time high as nation after nation is going to desire that little land that Israel has. And they're going to band together and they're going to one more time try to annihilate the Jew. Amen. I'm talking about the last days. 
the devastation of the tribulation period. It's going to be a time of thing. The Bible says here in verse 12 of apathy, the Bible says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, the Bible says. Is that not what we're already seeing today? You know, there was a time just a few years ago when you could preach to sinners in a service and they'd get under conviction and they'd at least raise their hand and ask somebody to pray for them and acknowledge that they're lost. But now we're living in a time when the love of many is so waxed cold and it's going to get worse uh, that now they can just about shake anything off. They can just about endure a service. Uh, They've been to so many dead services. Uh, They've been deceived by so many different places uh, that they can sit there and they can hear the preaching uh, and it doesn't even move them. They've seen so much out of Hollywood. Uh, They've played so many video games growing up. They've seen so much monsters. They've seen so many demons that it's just some kind of figma or fairy tale of their imagination. I'm telling you, it's in the Word of God this morning. And what I'm preaching is not a fairy tale. What I'm preaching this morning is not something I got of a Time magazine somewhere or a Reader Digest. I'm here to tell you it's the truth. It's what Jesus said of the marks of the tribulation period. It'll be a time of apostasy. It'll be a time of affliction. It'll be a time of apathy. I'm telling you this morning, if it's been a long time since a tear's run off your cheek and fell off your chin for somebody going to hell, you ought to ask God to give your tears back. If it's been a long time since your heart has been touched and been tender to come to an altar and repent over some sin, you ought to ask the Holy Ghost to speak to your heart this morning. I do not want the love of God to wax cold in my heart this morning morning. Amen. A time of apathy. A time of accomplishment. Look at verse 14. And this is the, this gospel of the kingdom. Notice this. Shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. In the midst of the tribulation period. In all the trouble, the devastation, the lies, the apathy, the apostasy, the affliction, the wars, the famines, and the pestilence, God will still have the gospel preached. I'm telling you this morning, the devil and his crowd is no match for God. In the worst of conditions, sinners are still going to be saved. Amen. I'll just go ahead and tell you verse number 13 that says, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved is not to you, but it is for the Jew. Amen. And the reason is because they're blinded and they cannot see. And Israel will go through the tribulation period and God will use that tribulation period, my friend, to bring judgment on this world because of its sin and its ungodly godliness, but God will also use it to purge Israel from unbelief. And the Bible says that at the end of that tribulation period, when the Messiah comes, that a nation's going to be born in a day. He that endured to the end shall be saved. But that's not you this morning. If you're lost, you've heard the gospel. If you've lost, if you're lost, the wound of the Spirit of God is knocking on your heart. The Bible said the Antichrist will bring you the false prophet, rather, will bring you strong delusions and you'll believe a lie and you'll be damned. Amen. God will send that, won't he? And this morning, if you're here and you're not saved, if you reject the Holy Spirit, you'll go through the tribulation period if the rapture takes place, but you'll die somewhere in the tribulation period or if somehow you made it to the end, 
you would go to hell. It's a serious thought this morning, isn't it? I'm talking about the devastation of the tribulation period. When we get to verse number 15, these events that's going to take place here are in the last three and a half years and it reveals the wickedness against God. When we talk here about the Antichrist in verse 15, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand, the Bible said, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. What is that? The Antichrist is going to, listen, three and a half years of false peace uh, and for three and a half years uh, he's going to bring a false prosperity and a false peace uh, and in that one world government that they're trying so desperately uh, to force on us in this hour it is setting the stage uh, it is getting everything ready for what's going to happen the antichrist uh, will be a political and a military and he'll be a financial economical genius uh, he'll step on the scene uh, he'll have all the answers uh, he'll sign a peace treaty with the nation of Israel and with all of the other nations and it'll look as if he is on Israel's side but three and a half years into that he's going to break that covenant with a Jew he's going to set himself up to be worshipped and the Bible said those Jews are going to flee into the mountains in verse 16 let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house neither let him which is in the field return back to the to take his clothes and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days but pray ye that your flight be not in winter neither on the Sabbath for then shall be great tribulation such as not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be and except those days shall be shortened there shall be no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened Israel's going to run they're going to be pushed into that city, that rose red city of Petra. They'll hide out in the dens and the caves and the rocks and the hills. They'll be hunted down. Jerusalem, the gates will be broken. The city will be burned. The women will be ravished. It'll be an awful time. And the Bible says in verse 23, then if any man shall say unto you, here's the warning from God, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall rise false Christ and false prophets uh, and shall show great signs and wonders uh, insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Uh, behold, uh, I have told you before. Wherefore if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert. Go not forth. Uh, behold, he's in the secret chamber. Believe it not. Why is that? Because of our next verse uh, and what we're preaching on. Uh, Jesus makes it very clear in verse number 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west so shall also the coming of the son of man be Jesus is not coming out of the desert he's not coming out of a secret chamber but as lightning comes out of the east and shines to the west, uh, I think about the visibility of that lightning that all can see it, amen? I think about the velocity of that lightning, how fast and how quick it is. Uh, the Bible talks about in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I think about the vexation of that lightning, how that it startles, uh, it scares, uh, it shines through the heavens. Uh, hey, that's what the second coming is going to be like uh, when Jesus comes. Uh, 
it's going to be visible when Jesus comes it's going to bring vexation on the the nations of this world when Jesus comes the velocity of his coming is he's going to come right on time but he's going to come in the nick of time hallelujah he's coming friend Israel is not without hope. The church is not without the bridegroom. We have a promise this morning and that promise is just as real and just as rich as it ever has been. We need to believe it. We need to stand on it. We need to tell the world about it. We need to get excited about it. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. He's coming, isn't he? And he said in verse number 28, he talked about the death of human bodies for whosoever or for wheresoever the carcasses is, there will the eagles be gathered and immediately after, notice that phrase, after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Amen. I'm talking about this is the content of his sermon. He's warning them Jews that the tribulation is going to take place and now we see the climax of Christ's sermon it all comes down to verse number 30 it comes down to the coming of Jesus Christ and notice here I want you to see as he said and then shall appear the sign the signal of his coming of the son of man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory hallelujah I'm telling you when I think about that and think about the swiftness of him coming and think about the slaughter how he's going to destroy every nation and every king and every captain and everyone that is anti-God he's just going to speak and the blood will flow to the horse's bridle amen Revelation 19 verse 11 John said and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness to judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and upon his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Why is that? Because judgment is coming. Death is coming with the king. Amen. He had the vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. He's the very living word of God. Amen. In the beginning was the word. John 1 and verse 1 and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Isn't that right? All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And hey, the Bible said the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. I'm going to tell you when Jesus comes back, it's going to be a dark hour. He said the sun's not going to shine. The moon's not going to glow. The stars from heaven's going to fall. The powers of the heaven are going to be shaken. Now, I want to tell you the very word of God uh, John said he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written amen king of kings uh, and lord of lords uh, he is coming friend uh, and when Jesus comes again uh, the light uh, is going to shine through thick darkness hallelujah it will be the darkest hour and the darkest day in all of eternity and in the darkest hour Our Savior is going to shine the brightest. 
Hey, Revelation 19 said the armies which followed him in heaven have followed him upon white horses clothed in white linen fine and clean. Amen. And he said out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he'll rule with a rod of iron and he treadeth a winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. I'm telling you if I was lost this morning I'd get saved. I wouldn't want to be left behind. Hebrews 10 31 said it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, if Jesus comes this morning and you're not saved, you're going to fall in the hands of the living God. You're going to face judgment on this earth. Tribulation down here and judgment in eternity. Revelation 20 and verse 15 said, And whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm saying this morning the climax of Christ's sermon is this. He talks about Armageddon here in verse number 30. In fact, if you look at verse number 40 and verse 41, he said two's going to be in the field. One's going to be taken and the other's going to be left. Two women's going to be grinding at the mill. The one's going to be taken and the other left. Hey, I'm telling you, it's going to be a time like we have never seen in this world. The Bible said in verse 31, he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. I'm telling you that angel's gonna come down with a blast of that trumpet. What he's gonna do is he's gonna gather the nation of Israel together once again. And so he gives this parable, the close of the clue to Christ's sermon is found in verse 32 and to verse number 34. What is the clue to Christ's sermon in this text? I'll tell you what it is. The clue is the Jew. Can I get a witness right there? You see, you'll get in real trouble, and I would too. If you take Matthew chapter 24 and you try to make it about the church, because it's not to the church. Matthew was the, wrote about Jesus being the king of the Jews. And he's talking to the Jews. It's the Jews that came and said, what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus gave them those signs. And as I said, we're not to be looking for signs. Hey, the church is already gone. By the time you get to Matthew chapter 24, we're not gonna be here for one day of Daniel's 70th week. And it's not a time of the church's trouble. It is a time of Jacob's trouble, amen? And the Bible tells us that. Thank God in Romans 5 and verse number 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood. The Bible said we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's all of the wrath of God. That's the wrath of Calvary. That's a wrath that's going to be poured out during the tribulation period. I'm glad I'm no longer going to have to be under the wrath of God. But I'm under the grace of God. I'm under the mercy of God. Oh sinner, you're a child of wrath this morning according to Ephesians chapter number 2. But if you'll come to Calvary, if you'll come by the way of the cross, if you'll come by the shed blood of Calvary you can fall headlong in the mercy and the grace of God and you can escape this awful tribulation period amen there's going to be women mothers left behind wives left behind children will be taken young people will be left dads will be left behind where will you be 
Oh, the clue to Christ's sermon is found in verse 32. Look at it. Now learn a parable. Notice the parable of the fig tree. When his branches is yet tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. Notice the prophecy. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that this is near, even at the door. Notice the promise. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Hey, that fig tree is Israel. Israel is pictured in the Bible as a fig tree. She's pictured as an olive tree. She's pictured as a vine. But this fig tree, remember Jesus cursed it in Matthew chapter number 22. And her 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 leaves withered and she's brought forth no fruit. But that fig tree budded in 1948. At the end of of World War II, Israel became a nation. And that parable became a reality. My friend, before all the world to see. And my friend, there is coming the promise. Jesus is going to keep the promise. And in verse 35 he gives the performance by saying that heaven and earth or the permanency of it shall pass away but my word shall not pass away you can take it to the bank the clue to the end is God's chosen people it is the nation of Israel amen you know why we Gentiles need to keep our eye on what's happening in Israel because Israel is God's Rolex Israel is God's timepiece. Anytime God gets ready to fulfill something and do something, you watch the nation of Israel. He's loved them with an everlasting love. God will keep his covenant with his people. And my friend Matthew 24 tells us that everything in this chapter is about Jesus coming back to deliver that nation at the end of the tribulation period. And when we get to verse number 37, we find the challenge from Christ in this sermon here. I mean, we've seen the content. We've seen the climax. We've seen the clue. But I want you to see this morning when it comes to the second coming of Christ, I want you to see the challenge that he gives because the challenge this morning from verse 37 throughout the rest of this chapter is not just for Israel, but it is for you and I this morning as well. You say, what is that challenge? Well, notice what he said. He tells us in verse number 42. You ought to circle this word. He said, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Look at verse 43. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the son of man cometh hey Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 says in that now uh, the Bible talks about and now it's the time it is high time to awake out of sleep amen we've got to wake up this morning uh, we've got to be watching Jesus said uh, for if all these things uh, are the end of the tribulation period and we can see them on the horizon uh, in our country and around the world uh, Jesus said you need to be watching in this hour And that knowing the time. Do you know what time it is today on God's timepiece? A lot of people sit in church. I don't think it's a problem here. But a lot of people sit in church and they watch the time in church. I watch it all the time. Preachers hate that clock, but I love it. I put it there. And I put it there because an older preacher said, if you'll keep up with time, your church won't really keep up with it that much. I don't know if it's true, but I started it and 
I just don't want to stop it. And I'll tell you what time it is right now. It is one minute past 12 by this clock right here. This clock could be right on the money. It could be a little bit wrong. But I will tell you this morning, I can look at it while I'm preaching and I can know the time. And that knowing the time, do you know what time it is? That idiot said, preacher, what time is it? It is high time to awake out of sleep. You need to wake up, friend. There's more going on than you punching a clock tomorrow. There's more going on than you getting a paycheck. There's more going on than you living the American dream. It's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in envy and strife, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It is time that the church of the living God have a spiritual awareness that we get out of our comfort zone that we get out of our sleep that we wake up and realize hey Jesus is coming am I saved am I ready am I getting my family in am I doing my best for the Lord am I surrendered am I serving it's high time do you know the time are you watching there are people in this room this morning and I love you 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 know I love you and I pray for you. But you're backslid as a billy goat. You need to get right with God. You've been warming that pew forever and you're half in and half out. I'm going to tell you as a pastor, I don't know everything, but I know when people's about to go. You know, pastor 24 years in one place and preach to the same congregation three times a week and not learn a little bit, amen? I, I don't know it all. Oh, I could be as surprised and have been as anybody. I tell you, your pastor can look sometimes at you and I can tell uh, when you go to slipping. Uh, I can tell when you go to sliding. Uh, hey, you young people, look at me. That's why I don't want you sitting in the back. I want you to sit on the front, amen? Because anytime a young person wants to start sitting back there, there's something going on. Uh, I'm not talking about if you're sick at your stomach. I'm talking about you want to rather be on the back. But it's not just the young people. I've seen some adults slide, and that's no reflection if you have to sit in the back. I'm telling you, there's some that they used to be in the choir, and now they can't get close enough to that door. You know why? I'll tell you why. You've fallen asleep spiritually. You've got something in your life. And is it worth facing God in judgment? Is it worth Him coming this morning? I tell you, I feel like preaching today because I feel like the sands of time are running out and we're nearing the end friend we're nearing the end I had no idea I'd preach this morning this message this morning I said this when I woke up the Holy Ghost said Matthew 24 I said God you have to give me a sermon I'm going to tell you the sermons here Jesus gave the sermon didn't he the reminder of this watchfulness but as the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage. Doesn't that sound like today? Until the day, all the way up until the very day that Noah entered into the ark. They sinned until God shut the door. And I'm going to tell you, God left that door open for a week. That's why I'm not a Calvinist. 
They like to take Hebrews where he said that he built an ark to the saving of his household and said God never intended nobody to get in. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that for one second. Because Hebrews was written after the fact. Amen. He did build a house to the saving of his household, but God left the door open for a week. And I'm going to tell you, if an animal could have walked in, don't tell me a human couldn't have walked in. Anybody could have walked in and said, I know, Noah, you think I could find the same grace you found? I believe they, they could have found it. If Noah could have found it, they could have found it. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, sinner, the door's still open this morning. I mean, the door's still open. You can come this morning. You can be saved this morning. I tell you, but if you sit there and look at the door and say no to God, God's going to shut the door on you one of these days and it may just be this morning and you're going to be left behind a man slammed the door in my face one day it did not offend me I can truthfully say that he slammed the door in my face and the Holy Ghost as sure as I'm standing here said don't ever come back here again I never went back to see that man again he died and went to hell And this morning you can say no to God for the last time. Oh, the reminder to be watchful. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken. The other left. Two women shall be grinding the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. But look at verse 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Why this morning do we need to be watchful? The reminder, the reason is because there's going to be people that's going to be taken, verse 40 and 41 says, and there's going to be people that's going to be left. Hear me this morning, in this room, this morning, if the rapture took place right now, I would say that would be true, even though that's about the second coming, it would be true about the rapture. There are people sitting in this room that will be taken. So how do you know that? Because I'm one of them. I'll be taken. Brother Laddie, you'll be taken, won't you? But there's going to be people here that's going to be left. And there ain't going to be nobody up here to give you an invitation. I believe Sister Sheila Allen will be taken. I believe Sister Kim will be taken. There won't be nobody to come up here and play this piano for you. You'll be left. The altars will be filled. The aisles will be full. It'll be too late. Oh, hear me this morning. Look with me in verse number 43. Know this, that if the good man of the house would have known and watched watched the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready. That's the message this morning. That's what everything points to in the second coming. Therefore, be also ready for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Jesus concludes this sermon in, in this chapter here. Although it continues in chapter 25, but in chapter 4, he concludes the first part of this sermon by talking here about the reaction to everything he has said concerning the tribulation period and the coming of Christ. What is that reaction? Look with me very quickly and we'll be through. Verse 45, he talks about the wise servant. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? I'll tell you who it is. Whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him so doing. Verily I send you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. We know that is to the Jew this morning that they are to be doing. Hey, listen, what is the will of God this morning? First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
If you're here this morning, if even if today was the first time you've heard the gospel, you've come to the knowledge of the truth. And it's the will of God that you be saved. You don't have to come down here and struggle. You don't have to come down here and pray and wonder if God will save you. You're not here by chance or circumstance or accident. God brought you here this morning. He knew you would be here today. He took the time out of eternity to preach a sermon to your soul. The Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door now. And the only thing you need to do is to get out of your seat and come and be wise enough to agree with God and accept the invitation. And if you ask, you shall receive. People who struggle about being saved, they complicate it. But the Holy Spirit never complicates it this morning. The reason some people don't get saved is because they won't come clean and just admit I'm lost and I need to be saved. I'm going to tell you this morning, and this is a big old flag from a big old boy who I love. I'll tell you what you have to do this morning to get saved. You have to wave the white flag of surrender and say, you know what? It's not that preacher talking to me. Holy Spirit showed me I'm lost. I need to be saved. And I don't want to die without God. And I don't want to go to hell. And I don't want to be left here for one day of that tribulation period. And I'm going to tell you, you can't run from God this morning. You run from God, you may run off into the depths of hell. I've watched people do that. This morning, be wise. The wisest thing that I ever did, you know what it was? was accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I thank God that He gave me the knowledge to even do that. And then we see the wicked servant in verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servant and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day, notice this, when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of it, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to tell you something, sinner. You know you're lost this morning. And you know you need to be saved. And you say no to God today and you go out there. The Bible said the Lord's going to come in a day when you're not looking for him. That's true about Israel. That's true about every sinner this morning. 51 verses Jesus gave us in this chapter telling us and pointing us to the second coming of Christ for the nation of Israel. You say, Brother Gravely, we're not Jews and this is not Israel. We're Gentiles and this is America. Yes, but the principle and the precept is this. The precept is, is that if this is true in the tribulation period for Israel and we can already see it today, how close are we to the tribulation? And the only thing standing between the tribulation period and right now, this very second, you know what it is? It's the rapture. And the principle is, just as they need to be ready and they need to be watching, we need to be ready. We need to be watching this morning as we stand. The second coming of Jesus Christ will shock the world. And the rapture will shock many as well.
Are you saved this morning? Are you ready? Our heads are about eyes are closed and Christians are praying. I tell you, if I was lost without God, I wouldn't go to hell for nobody. I'd get somebody by the hand and say, will you go to that altar with me? I don't care if I had to ask seven people to get out of my way. I'd take somebody by the hand and say, will you go to the altar with me this morning? I need to be saved. Just be honest, sinner. If you'll be that honest with God, he'll save your soul this morning. Would you please, I beg you, I literally beg you this morning, don't you please, please don't you go to hell this morning. Please don't go to hell. Please don't leave today unprepared. Please take somebody by the hand. If you don't have somebody, come. If you're a lady, my wife will meet you down here. If you're a man, some man will meet you down here. They'll pray with you. You can be saved. God don't want you to go to hell. And he don't want you to be left behind this morning. He does not. He gave his son to die on the cross so you wouldn't be left behind. And you don't have to. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning say, Preacher, I'm not saved. Pray for me. Don't embarrass me. But I don't slip my hand up and put it down and ask you to pray for me. Is there somebody like that this morning? Would you slip your hand up and let me pray for you? Would you let me pray for you this morning? How about it, sinner? Do you care enough for your eternal soul to let somebody pray for you this morning? Are you going to go to hell without God today? Are you going to go to hell? How about it this morning? Is hell going to be your eternal home? Is that where you're going to spend? Is your mind made up this morning? That you're going to, you say, preacher, you're trying to pressure me. No, I'm trying to warn you this morning. And I tell you, I believe the flames of hell are burning higher than they've ever burned. And I believe they're closer than they've ever been. Sinner, you don't have forever and a day to make your mind up. It's now or never. It's turn or burn. If you don't come this morning, you may die without God and slip off into eternity. I wonder if there's a lost person who needs to come and be saved. I wonder if there's a backslid church member. You're saved, but you're out of the will of God. You're in church, but in your heart, you're out of church. You've let things, you've blamed circumstances, you've blamed, but the Lord, He ain't never done you wrong one day. The only reason you got breath in your body this morning is because God's been good to you another day this side of eternity. And I tell you, if you're saved and you know you're going to heaven and you're not where you need to be at with God, you owe it to God and yourself and to your family to get in this altar this morning and really get right with God. There's no sin worth holding on to. You'll reap what you sow if you're saved. God will take you to the woodshed. He'll wear you up one side and down the other if you hold on to that sin. I'm here to tell you this morning. I'm just, I'm pleading with you, backslider. I'm telling you, we need revival in our churches. And I beg you, these people in this building, you backslid. Come on, come on this morning. Come on. You say, preacher, you're just trying to put pressure on me. Maybe, maybe I am this morning. But why are you going to sit there till you die? Don't you care about your family that's lost and going to hell? Don't you want to be a light to them? Don't you care about your children, your grandchildren? Hey, what about your neighbors? What about the people you work with? One of these days, they're going to look at you and say, why didn't you live for God in front of me? Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? Come on, backslider. Get in this altar this morning. Let go of whatever it is got a hold of you this morning. Get right with God. Get some victory. You can this morning if you'll come and ask him to help you. He'll help you this morning. He'll help you. And I wonder if these others needs to come. Maybe you lost your burden. Maybe you, maybe, I don't know what the need is for you this morning. 
And I know these people lost in this building need to be saved. And I know these people backslid need to get right with God. And I pray, they so I pray, dear God, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you put so much conviction on that sinner that's lost that they'll not be able to bear it. God, please smile them with such conviction. Pull the scales off their eyes right now, God. Let them see themselves lost, going to hell, please. Please, Lord, show them that they're lost right now. Please show them they need to be saved. And Lord, that backslider, Lord, I pray, God, let them see how you're whipping them and how they're not prospered and how that everything's going wrong because they need to get right with you this morning. God, put them under such conviction right now. Please, God, help us in this invitation. These others needs to come while he sings. Would you come this morning? Would you come?